This podcast is produced on the ancestral homeland of the Nooksack and Lummi people. They have been its stewards since time immemorial, respecting the land, river, and ocean with the understanding that everything is connected, related, and alive. We acknowledge the elders and their collective and individual plights and achievements. We consider the legacies of violence, displacement, migration, and settlement that bring us together today. And we pursue ongoing action to build lasting relationships and grow together so that all may prosper. WCLS in Whatcom County presents Library Stories, a podcast to open your eyes to all the ways your local public libraries matter. Join us as we reveal the power of sharing at the library. I'm your host, Neil McKay, Online Experience Coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System. And today... All right, you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, I'm here with Sarah Lavender, and Sarah works for the Whatcom County Library System Youth Services, Mm -hmm. and she is running the the summer reading program for 2023. Welcome, Sarah. Yay, thank you for having me, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) So what's what's different about this year's um, summer reading program? Yeah, so there's quite a bit that's different this year. We're excited about it. Um, The biggest thing is that we are partnering with Walk Chameleon Trees Project. Um, They're a local organization that helps protect trees here in Whatcom County as well as plant new trees. They do um, educational workshops. They have volunteer parties that go out into the county and um, do work on trees. And um, we're just really excited that they wanted to partner with us this year. Um, and so, yeah, we will essentially will be reading for the trees. So, um, the more that you read and engage with your library this summer, the more trees will be planted in Whatcom County this next year. So Whatcom million trees, that sounds like a very ambitious organization. (laughs) Yes, they, they are. And they, um, they have done quite a bit of work here and they, and they continue to do that all the time. Um, they were originally based out of just Bellingham, but they've expanded into all of Whatcom County, um, Yeah. And they have a great website too. I definitely recommend checking out their website. There's lots of info on there. And um, there's also ways that you can volunteer with them as well in those work parties, which sounds really cool. That's great. And I I did uh, interview the uh, executive director of Watka Million Trees, Michael Fearer. And I actually uh, interviewed him while we were in the woods at Cornwall Park, where he had a crew pulling down English ivy, which we'll find yes. out about that later. Right. I think he's doing a English ivy removal seminar up in Point Roberts, I believe, this summer. Oh, um, maybe wow. a couple other branches as well. But yeah, that's something they do, too. So mm-hmm. that's cool that you got to be a part of that. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of fun. And, and he's he's a fascinating, fascinating guy. So what else is going on? Yeah. I mean, how, do, how does... How does Watka Million Trees relate to 
summer reading? How are we getting involved? Right. So basically, um, like I said before, the more that you engage with the library, read and do the activities on the summer reading card, the more trees will be planted. So um, our summer reading card this year looks a little bit different. Um, The front, you know, kind of explains our program and what we're all about. And the back has a list of 10 activities that you can do to earn a leaf which so the leaves um, will be part of their their paper leaves cut out of recycled book pages um, just little small leaves and those will be placed on big paper trees that will be made in each library branch so right you you complete these activities on your card Um, you come into your library branch you tell them what you did you show them and um, they will put paper leaves up on the tree. And as the summer goes on, um, all of us will get to see those trees grow um, as as people write complete more activities. And the activities are great. Some of them are are really fun, like hug a tree is one of them, you know, and and you can do these as many times as you want. Um, And our goal is to get 5,000 leaves as a whole county. And if we do that, that means 200 trees will be planted in Whatcom County. So, okay. So let me make sure because I'm not, I know there's a lot of, a lot of (laughs) info and numbers. Yeah. A lot of numbers and that's not my strong suit, (laughs) but so I can do an activity and that could be reading a book, of course, but it could also be, like you said, hugging a tree or there's several other options. Right. Would you say there's like dozens of options? Yes. So that's the other thing too, is that, um, on the card, there's a rotating option as well, a weekly special. So each week that one will change. Um, so for example, right. Some of the activities are right. Read a book, listen to an audio book, um, explore walk chameleon trees website, draw a picture of a tree, write a story about a tree. Yeah. There's fun, creative ones too. And attend a library program is another activity. There'll be lots of programs related to trees. Yes. Um, the kid programs, um, there's three different ones that will be happening throughout the County that are related to trees. So, um, I can, I can talk about those now or do you sure. want me? Okay. Well, well, actually let's, go I know, back, let's, let's go back to the math because yes. I was, I almost had an out there, but I doing due diligence for my audience. We got to go back Perfect. to this. Yes. So I, so I do an activity right. and I come into the library and I say, Hey, I've done this. I hugged a tree <laughs> yes. here. Here's my proof or just take my word for it. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes, and, exactly. exactly. You'll go up, you'll, you'll tell them about your activity or show them how many you've done and staff will have a little clipboard where they'll tally those numbers throughout the week. And so every Tuesday, um, the staff will go through the previous week and count up the number of activities and, then they'll count out the number of paper leaves and put those up on the tree themselves. So, so patrons won't be able to actually put the leaves on the tree, but they'll be able to see the tree growing, which yeah. will be really cool. Like you can always, right. I'm planning on saying to patrons, you know, Ooh, 
like, great job on your activities. Come back next week and you'll see the tree is going to grow. You know? uh, so it's, it's really a, a community effort. It's we're all in this together. Yes. It makes sense. That's kind of what I think was missing in past years from the summer reading program was that sense of doing something together, right? Yeah. We get focused on our own reading journey and goals, which is great too. But um, I think we also want to remember that this is this is a community effort and we can really lean into that. So I can get all my buddies together yes. and we'll go out and we'll we'll all read a book or right. we'll all go hug, know, a tree. hug a bunch of trees <laughs> and then we can all come in and then we'll see after yeah. after they put the leaves up that you know we made a difference as yeah, a group. Totally. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think it's going to be really cool and there's also going to be a virtual component. So on the website um there's a summer reading page and on that page um right there will be a graphic that's going to track how many how many leaves and how many trees we've earned so far, right? So there's 25 leaves per tree. So um, it'll be fun for those who are, you know, savvy with the website yeah, and yeah. want to track. They can do that too. So me and my 24 buddies <laughs> will come in and say, blah, blah, blah. We did this. Right. Here's, you know, and the, and the librarians will say, wonderful, good job. There's going to be 25 more leaves. And then that information goes to... The who the person who does the website stuff must be a genius guy. <laughs> I mean, this is complicated right. stuff. And so what that person has to do is transform the 25 leaves into an image of a tree, yes. which shows up on the summer reading page. It's magic. It's magic, right? Who could ever do that? I don't know. There's got to be, you know, you got to have some real specialized knowledge <laughs> and you don't need math for right <laughs> well you need a little math but, right but just I, the basics i depend on the youth services people to provide the math because they're <laughs> still close to the school situation right right yeah. that's true yeah okay well yeah. that sounds great so so people people can get the cards where do right. they where do they get the cards? Yeah. So there's different options. So if you want to come into your local library branch anytime after June 1st, you can pick up your card. Um, you can also download your card on the website and print that out if that works better for you. Um, but if you do come in person um, to get your card, you'll get your summer reading card paper clipped together with a registration slip, which is very basic. Um, we you know, we haven't had registration for summer reading in the past few years, but we got the message from patrons and staff that they were kind of missing that part of signing up for something and feeling part of it. So we're bringing that back, but it's very basic. As I said, it's just first name and then your age group, which I think it's zero to five, six to 11, 12 to 18, and then adult, um, yes. because adults are also part of this. <laughs> yes. yes. And so you can circle and then, um, and then also in your little paperclip packet, when you register, you get an awesome tree sticker. Um, it's one of those vinyl ones that you can put on, um, like a stainless steel water bottle or, um, on your laptop, right? There's there's mm -hmm. lots of places you can put that. I have to say that because I'm on the inside, yes. 
Yes. I got I got access to a sticker and I put it on my ukulele. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yes. Okay. See, so you can get creative and yeah. put it wherever you want. Mine's just on my water bottle, but it yeah. is right. It's a nice little reminder when I see it. Ooh, it's yeah. cool. And it's a it's a nice little size too. And so it's beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, sometimes stickers look clunky yeah. or this one is just really elegant. Yeah. It's classy and, and it's we still have to, fun. I mean, we have to give thanks to the great designer who yes. created that. Yes, Amy. She's yep, so great. And yep. She does amazing, amazing work. If you look around the libraries and you see any posters, you know, Amy and Cynthia are our yeah. main graphic designers and they do all that kind of work. Yeah. And it does. It looks, it, it is, it's really nice looking and, um, and it's the same tree that you'll see on your summer reading card and on the website. So mm -hmm. it's very uniform, um, and really represents summer reading. That's great. Is there anything else that we're missing here that we haven't told everybody? Yeah, let's see. Um, I think, well, oh, there's a, I forgot the big thing is the summer reading kickoff week. Ah, I know. I knew it was when so, is that? missing. Yeah. So summer reading kickoff week is, um, the last week of June. So even though summer reading starts June 1st, um, we like to have a fun kickoff where, um, kids are out of school. So that's why we do it the last week of mm -hmm. June. We make sure everyone's available. And, um, so that whole week it's Monday, June 26th through Saturday, July 1st. Um, each day during that week, there will be a different, um, kickoff at a different library branch. And some days have multiple branches. We, we've got all that info in our explorations magazine, as well as, um, some informational flyers, but, at the kickoff, um, you can come yourself, you can bring your family, um, youth through birth through 18, will get a free book that they get to keep forever. Um, I just got all the books in at the office and there's some really, really great ones this year. And, um, that's also a chance for you to sign up for summer reading too. So if you haven't made it in before the kickoff week, that's a great time to get your cards, sign your whole family up. Um, the kids can pick out their free book. There's going to be crafts and it's, it's really a celebration day or celebration week. I should celebration say. <laughs> week. And so that's the last week of June, last week of June, um, Monday, June 26th through Saturday, July 1st. All right. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Well, I mean, that's what people need to know. I'm excited to get in there and, and do some activities and earn some leaves yes. for the community and, <laughs> and, and really earn some trees. I know. Because yeah. the end result is going to be 200 more trees in Whatcom County. Yeah. And they'll be, they'll be all over the place, right? Yeah. Not, it's not just going to be one one square acre that right. has 200 trees on it. <laughs> right. That's the thing too is, um, yeah, so we don't really know where these trees will be planted exactly. We do know for sure they're going to be in Whatcom County. And we do also know that the, those will be planted within the next calendar year. So, um, so that's a good thing to know too, is yeah. that, um, this is happening. And again, if you, if you are curious, um, after, you know, maybe a year has passed and you want to reach out to Walk a Million Trees Project and see, hey, what happened to those trees? Or, you know, where did those end up going? Um, I'm sure they would be delighted to hear from people and patrons of 
yeah, you know, yeah. just to hear about, ooh, they're curious and well, let's, let's and, talk about and it. What I know from talking to Michael Fear right. is that the tree planting season is the winter. Yes. Yes. Which is so interesting. I didn't know. I really didn't know any of that. I, I <laughs> didn't know that either. I learned a lot from him and yeah. you'll find out in the, in the rest of the episode here yes. when we talk to him. Um, okay. Well, Sarah, thank you for, for being here. Oh, I do have to ask you one more question yes, because of course. this is a library oh, website. Yeah, okay. So this is a library podcast. Yes. So, so tell me, Sarah, do you have a book about trees to recommend to us? Yes. So that book is called Wild Oak and it's by C.C. Harrington. Um, and it's a middle grade book. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just a wonderful story. I, I love it so much. Um, it's a middle grade book, which means um, kind of target age is like eight to eight to 12, eight to 14 ish. But um, it's a beautiful book. It's about this young girl who has a stutter and um, it takes place in the 1960s. And she is pretty badly ridiculed for her stutter. Um, and she actually gets sent to this wooded wilderness of um of Cornwall in in England is where this takes place and um to stay with her grandpa who she's never met before but um when she gets there she realizes that there is this forest called the wild oak forest and it kind of becomes her safe haven um as she as she really heals and grows from the trauma that she's been through. And it's just, yeah, it's a really, really lovely book. And it, um, it has some themes of deforestation and, um, and all of that. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of great messages in there and it's, it's just really exciting and entertaining too. So again, that book, what's the title again? Yes. So that book was called Wild Oak by C.C. Harrington. Um, yeah, I hope. And again, it's, I know it's a kid's book. It's a children's literature book, but, um, I really think it's for everyone. I recommend All it right. for adults too. I will, I will check it out. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Well, thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Neil. All right. I am walking in Cornwall park in the woods, tall trees surrounding me. And I'm in search of, of the man named Michael Fuhrer. Michael Fuhrer, of course, is the, the head of Whatcom Million Trees project. And I was going to meet him out here in Cornwall Park where he and his crew are doing some, some tree preservation by cutting back ivy. You haven't seen a crew working over here, do you, have you? Um, I've seen a crew working over there. Oh, well that's probably the direction I need yeah. to go. So... Oh, there's a sign. There's a sign. Look at that. Yeah, there. And then, I, if you go down that road there, mm -hmm. I think you'll run into something. Down the straight... Yeah, that straight okay. path past the thing in the... Right, road. right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I see some people in green looking like they're doing work. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm looking for Michael Fearer. Is he? 
Okay. All right, I'll just keep wandering. Good, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. How long have you been working? Uh, since a little after nine. Okay, not bad. Yeah. You're with the library. Huh? I, yeah, I, I, for a second I thought, how did you know? Oh, well, you're a photographer. Uh, no, I'm doing a podcast actually. Oh, so I'm going to interview Michael. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything you want to... Tell us about why why you're doing this. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, it's kind of straightforward. Uh, it protects trees, which uh, adds to the beauty of our surroundings and retains carbon. So it mitigates uh, future loss of um, future um, carbon input into yeah. to the atmosphere. And this really works cool because you plant trees. Um, and, of course... That sequesters carbon, but these also protect trees. So it's pretty gratifying just to rip out this English ivy off right. trees because you know you're keeping those trees alive that would die otherwise. Yeah. So the English ivy basically would just kill these trees if once it, it gets up in the canopy. Okay. It can kill the trees. Wow. And once you see it, then you see it everywhere. Yeah. It's like it's crazy. Oh man. Yeah. So. Um, if you just look out, you're driving down Boulevard Park, you're out at Fragrance Lake, anywhere. There's uh, a lot of work to be done to protect those trees and yeah. get the ivy down. Oh, well, so. great. All right. Well, thanks. What's your oh, name? Bob Hicks. Bob Hicks. Nice to meet you. Yeah. And you're? I'm Neil McKay. Neil McKay. Yeah. So. Bo, it was nice to meet yeah, you. Nice to meet you. People seem friendly. We'll just keep wandering down until we, until we find Michael. Okay, we're walking past the pickleball courts. Looking for the familiar fluorescent green jackets. There is someone pulling up ivy up here. I wonder if they're up the hill here. Hi, I'm I'm looking for Michael Fearer. Is he? Um, he could be up this way. He could also be up that way. He's wearing like a bright, like a high vis vest. Okay. Okay. I couldn't tell you his exact spot. Right <laughs> All right. I'm here. I'm just here to wander and yeah. find him. Thanks. Yeah. He could be anywhere. So we'll take the high road. Maybe there'll be more visibility up here. Whew, man. Larpers. Well, is this Michael Fearer? Yeah. Hey, Neil, that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah, nice good to see you. I'm glad you found me. I was worried yeah. that you were going to be wandering around trying to find me. Well, you know, part of a good podcast is that discovery kind of... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, cool. 
Um, yeah, we, we, the ivy has been so widely in scattered spots here. Mm -hmm. We thought we had 94 trees here when we counted 90, uh, two months ago. Yeah. And it turns out a couple of our volunteers independently came in and did a lot of those trees. So we're kind of just hitting isolated oh, I spots see. here. So that's why we're so spread out You're today. spread out, yeah. Normally we're not so spread out. Well, it's interesting because I got to talk to some of your, your folks. And oh, good. That's nice. Oh, good. good. Uh, oh, I'm... I'm walking in Cornwall Park with Michael Fearer and about one, two, three, four. Oh, hi! <laughs> with a bunch of people, you, you knocked the math out of me. I'm following these folks as they are t uh, ripping ivy off of trees. Is that right, Michael? Well, I wouldn't use the word ripping so much, <laughs> but we're, we're removing ivy from shoulder height down in a very gentle way and then clearing the base around the trees because... That's the important first step to save the tree from being threatened to premature death from the English ivy. I should start out by saying that Michael is the, the executive director executive director of Whatcom Million Trees Project, Project, which is a nonprofit, 501c3 nonprofit. Yeah, um, and the goal of Whatcom Million Trees, as as is implied in the title, is what is to plant and protect uh, a million trees or more in Whatcom County. We're exclusively Whatcom County focused. Mm -hmm. And also to connect people together in greater awareness about trees and forests so that they can build more engagement and involvement and hope in some, you know, what can be viewed as some very challenging times as we have more and more climate issues affecting our community. So we got this three-piece uh, mission. It's plant, protect, and connect. Plant, protect, and connect. Yeah. So clearly you're planting a uh -huh. million trees over, over, over the course of how long do you anticipate well, this? So the bigger number actually is from protecting trees. So okay. we've been pushing back, like last year, we pushed back against the uh, Bessie DNR clear cut, which uh, ended up in uh, change of path from DNR which protected about 1,400 trees, which, um, you know, roughly was about 280,000 trees right there that we've saved okay. from clear cuts. Tell me a little more about that. So the DNR is the Department of Natural Resources. Right. And the, that state agency um, puts out to auction uh, uh, forested lands to be cut uh, for wood and also as a way to raise revenue for various beneficiaries like school and fire districts and counties and things of that sort. Although it turns out the beneficiary money is a very small piece of like what the schools get and stuff. So it's really not that big of a deal to them, but, but it is part of their mission. And so what we're trying to do is to shift them away from older legacy, healthy forest where they get the most bang for the buck from a dollar standpoint and instead do their logging in what we call plantation forests, which are younger forests that are usually monocultures and not as, uh, you know, not really a biohabitat, but we're just, we're, we're forests that were created to, to grow wood, basically like a crop. And so by limiting our um, harvesting of, of trees, so to speak, uh, into these plantation areas, we can preserve these legacy areas that are deep carbon captures for us and very strong um, biohabitats supporting um, our region and doing enormous, wonderful work for 
the climate um, and for flood uh, mitigation and you know clean air and I could go on and on about all the benefits of trees. <laughs> well, but, sure. But these legacy forests are especially potent for that. Okay, so so you're pro we're protecting that. Yeah. And then we're also planting. Right. So during the planting season, from uh, roughly from like November through March. That's when we plant the tree seedlings in the various projects we've been involved with. Um, and then the rest of the year, we're either preparing sites for future plantings or doing what you're seeing today, which is removing English ivy from existing mature trees, which is a very direct positive climate action because uh, the trees would die prematurely um, if we did not do that. So, so how big of a crew do you have here? That's well, there's we're scattered around today because the ivy's in various pockets here. But we started with about, I don't know, we had like about uh, sixteen maybe or fifteen. Typically, our work parties are like anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five people. And how often do you go out on work parties? Well, during the planting season, it tends to be every weekend, and during the rest of the year. Uh, in the spring and fall in particular, it tends to be most weekends and then we slow it down a little bit in the summer because a lot of people are traveling or, mm -hmm. or that kind of thing. So planting is in the winter, is that right? Yeah, from, from like November through March usually or early okay. April. So the Whatcom County Library System has partnered yeah. with you. Yeah. And we're, we're using our summer reading program, which we do every year. This year we're focusing on trees. Our patrons will be participating and for every for every activity or every book they read they will they'll they'll be putting a leaf on the tree of their library branch at the end we will have done enough leaves that you will be then planting 200 trees that's right and is that a typical amount of trees that you would plant in a in a season? Oh, oh no, in a season we're well past a thousand or so typically. Because back in there is like four or five trees on the edge there. They have ivy actually quite a way on them, but that's a little hard to get into. You want to get it if some of you want to get into there, um, especially if you're well covered up because it is kind of tricky in there, but feel free to take a shot at it. And then we got a lot of trees. Like especially more like over here where there's a lot of ivy in the ground, not so much climbing up, but just right at the base so it's clear the bases, that would be cool. So you have people just all over the all over Cornwall Park. Yeah, we had a couple other work parties here uh, last year to remove ivy, and so we've made a serious dent in it. And today we're kind of mopping up different spots to to uh, get pretty close to the park being ivy free, at least in terms of what's climbing up on the trees. That doesn't mean that all the ground ivy is gone, but we're sure. making a, that the goal is, is to save the tree for now. And then as a first wave of action, and then we come back each year and we push back further on the ground, probably together with parks to hopefully pretty much remove almost all the English ivy if we can in these okay. areas. And so, so we can keep walking if you need okay. to go somewhere. Yeah, let, let me just look over people. here. Uh, so English ivy, as its name sort of implies, seems to be something that is not maybe from, is from England, is that? That's exactly right. There's like 64 variants of it, mm -hmm. and, um, uh, and they're all invasive here, uh, or non-native would be the other term to use. 
And um, so I, how's it going in there, Ainsley? Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, great. So you got a little path kind of in there. Cool. Was this was English ivy brought over here deliberately? Uh, that's a very good question. I, I th my guess is yes. So the strange thing is, is that nurseries in town still sell English ivy. So that's the biggest source of it. Oh. And so uh, we are one of our initiatives that we're doing is to uh, start to um, talk with these nurseries to see if they'll voluntarily start to st stop selling ivy, English ivy and then suggest alternatives for mm. ground cover to people. So we're pretty optimistic that'll be um, a, a, a process that most, if not all, will agree to. And then, because um, there are alternatives, it's not like it'd be any lost business. They'd just be, people would be buying something else. And um, and then um, the other thing we can do if we need to is we can petition the state. There's an obscure state board which, uh, uh, which controls what nurseries can sell. And so there's certain like noxious weeds and you know invasives that are on the list, but believe it or not, English ivy is not yet on the list. Oh. So we could petition the the state agency to to get that added to the list, which would then stop all nurseries across the state from selling English ivy. So we're considering that, but right now we're just trying to take a carrot approach instead of a stick approach, and and to um, you know work with uh, interactively with local nurseries to to voluntarily switch over. When did you start the Million Trees Project and what inspired? I mean, yeah. was, there a, was there a revelation moment where you realized I have to do something? Yeah, yeah, there kind of was, or a process, I guess. So after my daughter went off to college, after I raised her here in Bellingham, mm -hmm. I, um, uh, I rented out my house and started slow exploring wildernesses of the world for 12 years straight. And, um, and that was mostly like by doing pet sits and things where I would have a home for a couple months right next to an inspiring wilderness. And then, you know, during the day, hike the heck out of it and really get to know the, each wilderness. Wow. So, so what, what, give me a couple of, of wilderness names. That yeah. I know. So like, well, it was locations in Central America, South America, and Europe is where I focus. Okay. So, I mean, there's numerous forests, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Amazon rainforest. The... Yeah. Yeah. I did go into the Amazon uh, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I, I didn't have a two month pet set in the Amazon because that's, there are not, you can't really do that, <laughs> but, but other locations like that. Okay. So yeah. Wow. So Peru and Guatemala and Mexico, and then most of Western Europe. And then, it, and so as COVID kind of kicked in the gear, I was, um, taking care of five Maine Coon cats in the middle of central Italy and was on my way to Montenegro. And I just kind of squeaked out of Italy before they closed all the airports and everything and was then basically marooned in Montenegro for about four months, which was not a bad place to be marooned because they were actually fairly strict about COVID. And so at that point, I realized that I wanted to reroute myself in Bellingham, that I'd done enough of the travel thing. And, um, and so in, while my, I was in Europe, I was a lot more exposed than we are here in the media to Greta Thunberg, the climate activist. And I was very deeply inspired by her action. And so I decided when I came back to Bellingham, I was going to do something about climate change. Wasn't sure what yet. And so when I came back after resettling in my home for about three months, 
um, I caught wind that the idea of planting a million trees had been floated in the county by Satpal Sidhu, who during his election um, effort for, for his office. And county he, executive. Yeah, the county yeah. executive. That's right. And so he fl had floated the idea, but there had been no action that had occurred since the idea was just kind of talked about. And so it turned out there was a group of about three or four people that were meeting on Zoom every month or two to talk about the idea. And so I started to plug into that group. And I realized that there was interest, but nobody had prior life experiences to turn it to action. And in my life, I've been in, uh, doing uh, entrepreneurial efforts ever since I got out of college, that ranging from architecture to nonviolent visual effects and, and other things where there always was a social good component to it. So I was used to that startup process. And so I um, uh, suggested that I start a nonprofit and everyone said, yeah, cool, let's do it. So that's how we started. And that was about two years ago. Wow. Do you see an end point to this project? Um, yeah, we, we sometimes get that question. Like people ask like, well, when we hit a million, then what happens then? My answer is, is that if we hit a million, then we keep going. So you go to two million. Yeah. So there's continued work to do. You know, so here's the thing. So like Nooksack Salmon Enhancement Association, another great nonprofit, they've been around for mm -hmm. 25 years. They're focused on riparian areas and they do a great job there. And then Wacom Land Trust does their special lands of properties. And then the city does a few isolated restoration sites. Mm -hmm. But then there's all this other land. And that's kind of what we're doing. We're trying to, you know, remove invasives and do, you know, what we need to to ensure the health of the trees in the forest like we're doing today in the park. So, um, so there's a lot of work to do. So even if we, you know, we're, we're actually not that focused on the number count. I mean, we do track our numbers so for anyone that's curious and for grants and things. But, but to us, it's more like underneath all that quantitative work, it's more about connecting people and engaging them yeah. into positive action in the community about trees and forests. Yeah. That, that, that's, you know, I get comments all the time after a work party of people saying, you know, gosh, I feel so good today because I, you know, could do something, you know, instead of waiting for politicians or whatever, you know, right. but that's something I could do. And even if it's just a little thing, I did something. And that's hugely helpful to people right now in these challenging times. And that's and that's something that the library system can can facilitate that activity with the with our patrons. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so looking forward to the summer reads program because th there will be uh, you know numerous activities at each branch. And I'll be doing some Ivy talks at at some of the libraries. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of different components to it. Yeah. So we're trying to get the word out more in the county. Um, we, I think we've built up our awareness really well in the first year or two with, especially within city of Bellingham, but now we're trying to reach out as our next step. And we've got some projects that'll be involved, like with county parks, we'll be doing some Ivy removal with them okay. as well. And, you know, some other things that are, that we're cooking on that, that will be happening out in the county. So. Great. Great. So um, since since we're a library podcast, I would be negligent if I didn't ask you if you knew if you have any books on the top of your head that you might recommend. Yeah, well, there's there's quite a number of good ones, but on my mind recently would be 
um, Peter Wolobin's latest book, The Power of Trees. Okay. Which, uh, so we just had last week, uh, he was in town, a very rare event actually, because he's from Germany and he rarely travels, but he spoke in Bellingham High's auditorium uh, as a village books uh, event. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great to uh, spend some time to hang out with him. And, and his book is, is really wonderful. And it's a new book called The Power of Trees. He was the author that did The Hidden Life of Trees, which was a bestseller oh, yeah, a year or two yeah. ago. So, so again, with the library thing, I always try and ask if you have a library story, like mm. was, what was your experience growing up? Did you yeah. spend time in the library? Oh yeah. Gosh, I'm a certified bookworm. So yeah. like whether it's a bookstore or a library, I, I, like as a kid, I would like, that would be my go-to place. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom would drop me off and I'd be in there like for hours and hours just <laughs> going through stuff. But, um, uh, but you know, I, I, I'm old enough such that that was like before, like say like middle grade fiction really became a thing and sure. stuff. So, so it was at a time where there was less, um, variety and, and less genres mm-hmm. kind of split out as, as there are now. So the, the way it is now is wonderful, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of young adult and, and middle grade fiction. I've taken a stab, you know, uh, writing a middle grade novel myself. Really? So, so um we'll have to talk so, yeah. more about that sometime yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not published yet i no. still gotta work on it more okay. but but yeah wow that's great okay and then the other thing that i really wanted to talk about is sasquatch oh <laughs> <laughs> where what's your take well that's an interesting question yeah i think you might be the first person ever to ask me that on as part of the million trees thing gosh i don't know i think there could be some possibilities for um uh, unusual variants or mutations that are out there that are surviving in, in deep forest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it seems like maybe some percentage of the sightings are kind of bogus, but that doesn't necessarily sure. rule it out entirely in my mind. But that's just my opinion. That's, yeah. you know, not, I don't have any evidence so one way or another. So you're not just keeping your eye out for him all the time, just in no, case, no? I'm, okay. it's, with our work, it's more like we're looking out for like hornets and, you know, ah. and uh, stinging nettles and That's things right. of that sort. More dangerous. Sasquatch yeah. isn't dangerous. Right. There's never been a, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say there's never been, but I've never heard of Sasquatch attacking humans. Uh-huh. So. Right. It's more like a yeah. distant sighting. And I, I'm just saying off on the side here. Sasquatch should make a great uh, mascot for you. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> except I have a 13-pound Maine Coon cat, Mr. Mello, who's one of our mascots at oh, least. Oh, there you but, go. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name again? His name's Mr. Mello. Mr. Mello. Yeah, okay. I adopted him. He's a big, big old Maine Coon cat that I adopted about seven months ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything that I've have that you'd like to put in here that I haven't said yet. Yeah, thanks for asking that. I, I would just say uh, to anyone that's listening, I encourage you to um, to check out our website and think about whether you can be involved with us in some way. It's fun and enjoyable. It's uh, you meet great people, and um, you know we're doing work all over now in the county, and so um, surely there might be something that you know even if you just have an hour or two per month to chip in with something. To help us out, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, it sure does seem like fun and a you know a beautiful day to be out wandering through the trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you. That's our show. I want to thank our guests Sarah Lavender from our youth services team and Michael Fearer from the Whatcom Million Trees Project. 
You can find out more about the Whatcom Million Trees Project at their website, whatcomilliontrees.org, or find a link on our podcast webpage at wcls.org slash podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, let us know. Send me an email at neil.mckay at wcls.org. The podcast is fueled by kind words and constructive criticism. Thanks to my boss, Mary Vermillion. The true meaning of life is to plant trees under whose shade you do not expect to sit. Until next time, this is Neil McKay for the Whatcom County Library System.